This is the Mediocre Men Podcast. Mediocre Men, Great Big God. Give us some men who know the truth and who will declare the truth. Will declare from the housetops that the gospel is the power of God and the salvation. Christ must be the final Lord and not Caesar and not society. I mean, this is what's wrong with the Christian church today. We don't know who God is and we don't know who we are. I am not preaching Christ to get to heaven. I am preaching Christ because I'm going. And I want to see others come with me. Well, happy Father's Day, uh, Glenn. Happy Father's Day, David. Well, I think what we want to do today is we want to chat about, well, guess what? Fathers and their importance. Well, it seems appropriate considering it's father's day today so yes so why don't you start off and and share a little bit about about your father okay well my dad was this classic hard-nosed hard-working type of guy a man of few words very serious and but had a heart to he'd help anyone uh, to a point where I think probably people took advantage of him because he would go out of his way to help if a machine broke down of his friends or something he'd be gone but one thing looking back now as I'm older with my own kids something dad used to do that I absolutely hate it when I was a kid was not stop until a job was done basically I can remember spending a lot of my summers in the woods often up to my knees in mud trying to wrap chains around a tree to haul out for our winter firewood and we did that and then once we got it out of the woods we chopped it we hauled it in the winter and I remember or held it in for the winter but I remember sometimes dad would say get that wood in because if you don't do it now you're gonna have to do it in the snow of the winter and sure enough there was a few times we did it in the snow of the winter Uh, and then one particular story I remember Christmas Eve Christmas Eve was always a big thing for our family and there was wood that needed to be stacked and we were out late, late Christmas Eve, and I hated it because I wanted to be in doing Christmas stuff with Mum and the, my siblings. But now, looking back, I thank him for that. And Dad, if you ever listen to this, thank you. <laughs> because it has instilled, and I mean, I'm still learning, but it's instilled that work ethic in me that you don't stop until something's done and you just right. keep going. So if it wasn't for him... And even his personality. I remember when I was uh, doing customer service on the road. I'm talking a lot here. but and I was always warned about these guys. Oh, Glenn, you're not going to get along with this guy because he's a grumpy old man and he's mean and he's going to say mean things to you. And I was like, okay. Anyhow, <laughs> they ended up being some of my best customers and I got along with them because unbeknownst to my coworkers, that was my dad. <laughs> right? That's who I grew up with. Right. Was, uh, not grumpy, but grumpy, like just a rough old old guy. And right, right. So yeah, that's thanks, Dad. <laughs> my my dad. Um, I was I was chatting to you, Glenn, a little bit before this, and uh, one word that I would use is um, he was a paradox. Um, he was somebody who was very caring of others, um, but not always. Um, he was somebody who would go out of his way to help, 
and I remember for us, um, if we ever needed a, a, a ride from, from school home, you know, if he was able to, he, he'd do it. Um, one time, um, after a, a bad incident, um, he, he was there uh, to make sure that we were safe. Uh, he, he really loved us um, and he cared for us. Um, he was a man also who was committed. He was uh, committed to study. He, he actually spent a lot of time in his office. And um, he would, uh, it, that kind of rubbed off on, on me. Uh, one, one of the, the Bible verses that he uh, kind of lived by was uh, to be a, a workman, um, actively handling God's word, uh, not, not being ashamed. And for him, that took hours and hours to study. And um, he was somebody who pushed me towards study, um, towards academia. Uh, I remember before entering into uh, Bible college, he even uh, challenged me. And um, he, he wasn't afraid to challenge people. Uh, and the way that he challenged me was like, are, are, you, are you sure you really want to get into this? Um, are you sure you're doing it just because you know, it, it's just something you want to do? Or is it, you know, but do you that have, have been called to do this? And, and so, yeah, my, my dad was somebody who loved us. Um, yeah, spent a lot of time in his office. Um, so, yeah, a little bit of a, a paradox. Um, yeah. I, th I think we all are to a degree, aren't we? Like even looking at our own kids now. And, yeah. But uh, it's interesting because fathers in today's society seem to almost be looked down on to a degree by many in the, in the secular society. The court systems seem to not favor them at all dads and men in general um, but you you see some stats and stuff and especially in the United States because they they seem to be easier to it's easier to find stats in some it is it really is but it, it's interesting because there are 18.4 million fatherless children in the United States that's one in four have no father Wow. I they the stat the numbers basically you could fill up the entire New York City twice or LA four times with the amount of children that have no fathers. And you kinda see this research and you've got some numbers there that are even better than what I've got, but like there's a raise children raised in fatherless homes, some studies indicate there there's behavioral problems, they commit crimes, they face abuse, neglect, they they tend to be lean more towards abuse of drugs and alcohol. So there does definitely seem to be, there is a need for dads. There definitely is. Um, I'm so glad that, that my dad was at, at home the, uh, the majority of my life. Um, but yeah, you, you mentioned that I, I do have stats, and these, these are American stats. And as you mentioned, uh, it's, it's much more easier trying to find American stats than Canadian stats. Uh, I was trying to today just to find some Canadian ones. and. They don't seem to be very apparent. Like I, I'm not sure where, where they hide them. Um, but this is from an article from Samuel Say. Yeah, he's a um, his ministry is called Slow to Write. Um, he is incredible in the, in the way that, that he writes his, his articles. Um, and this is on uh, fatherlessness, but in connection to um, the uh, the gun incidents that that have been. Um, happening recently in the states um he says this, this is the stats it says 63 percent of teenagers who commit suicide 
are fatherless. 72% of adolescent murderers are fatherless. 75% of adolescents in rehab centers for drug abuse are fatherless. 60% 60 of rapists are fatherless. 85% of teenagers in prison are fatherless. So, I mean, without a father at home or in your life, it's, it, it, it leads to some very drastic, drastic things. It definitely does. And uh, as we continue on, you'll see, uh, hopefully we'll convey clearly the role scripturally of what a father should be and what he is. But we're both fathers, David. Um, I have three, Andrew, David, and Grace. And then your little one. Yes. Uh, I have one daughter. She's uh, two years old. So I'm, I'm new to this whole father uh, thing. And um, her name's Thea. And yeah. uh, you know, yeah, she's... A, she's full of spunk and... She, oh, to say the least. <laughs> yeah. But I wanted to take this, kind of turn it a little bit. And before we get into the role of fathers is of ourself. And, and our... Our journey, basically, to where we are now and, and what our role and, and our, if our kids listen to this someday, hopefully they will pick up on this as well. Um, not that our kids are bad little kids, but we're all sinners. Like some saved, some not. And uh, But you see, like the role of us growing up as kids that we are in Ephesians told to honor our fathers and our mothers. And it's the first commandment with a promise. And you see this in the Old Testament where we are promised basically you do this and your life will be extended mm. uh, and you see it carried here in Ephesians by Paul he mentions it uh, and then he goes so that it may go well with you and that you may have a long life in the land right so you see that's our role to honor our fathers and I mean that's easier said than done oh, yeah. because not all of us have wonderful fathers no. right I mean I mentioned my, my, my dad loved me right but at the same time there was a lot of uh, character flaws that he had, right? And so, at times, it's it's difficult to to honor those that you know they they're doing dishonorable things. Yeah. Oh yeah, and and I can say the same. Like Dad had his moments. I mean, we have our moments. Yes. Yes. Um, and but it's interesting because Proverbs. And we we get into this trap, and I know I've done it to my kids. My mom has done it to me, where we we read one first, like you are supposed to honor your father and mother, but they leave the rest, and I leave the rest of that passage, which we'll get to eventually, uh, which will make more sense. This next verse in Proverbs fifteen, it says, "A fool despises his father's discipline, but a person who accepts correction is sensible." But then we'll we'll get into what that discipline should look like. Right, but, but yeah, a disorderly child, which we were at times as kids too. Yep. Um, I I definitely had my moments when I did not um, accept my father's discipline. Um, I would, um, especially it, it seems like when I was got into the youth years, um, I just uh, had uh, an independent that I wanted to express and I don't know about you Glenn but I thought you know my father doesn't really know much and I thought I knew everything and um, yeah. so yeah uh, a fool despises his father's discipline I mean for me that those fool years 
was my younger years. Oh, yeah. And then I look at people now that I work with in the workforce and stuff that are in their early 20s and they seem to have their heads screwed on straight. And I wasn't necessarily that when I was my teens and early 20s. Like I thought I had it all figured out. And looking back now, it's like, but for the grace of God, I wouldn't be who I am today if it hadn't have been for his guiding hand on some of the paths that I almost took. Right. So I thank him. Not enough for that. But you see the continuation in Scripture of the role of the man. And you see after we're adults, we're told, and I reference Matthew 19 here where it says, Heaven, Jesus is saying, Heaven, you read, he replied, that he who created them in the beginning made them male and female. And he also said, For this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. I took that when I first met my wife, Emily, I took this first passage serious. And it's like God is telling me to separate at this point from my parents and become one with my wife, which I did. Um, but that you see the next progression in a man, his instructions is what to do. And, uh, and then the next is obviously children. And you see that in Psalms 127 and verse right. 3. Like, Sons are indeed a heritage from the Lord. Children are a reward. Uh, and then verse 4. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the sons born in one's youth. Right. It's interesting because the, the passage, and I, I'm talking a lot here, but that verse is quite interesting if you think about it because like an arrow in the hand of a warrior. So... There's discipline and there's personal discipline that has right. to happen there as a dad that your children are being viewed as arrows in the hands of a warrior here. But if you're a non-disciplined warrior and you're, you haven't been in God's word and you're not living properly, then those arrows that you're in control of suddenly are going places they shouldn't go mm, and not hitting right. the marks they should hit. Right. So that, to me, when I read that and thought of it today, it's like that that's a heavy first because that's that's our responsibility as dads to be disciplined. One thing that I was, was taught on, on this verse, which has been something that has stuck to me, is um, that idea of, of arrows and that arrows are each created a little different. Yeah. Right? So you, you, you got to understand how that arrow is going to fly. Right, so I mean, there there are ways in which uh, I, I I will raise Thea uh, that you may may not work for you because your children are different. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it's not only just disciplining ourselves as fathers, but also uh, disciplining ourselves to understand the children that God has given to us, how they have been wired, so that we can basically shoot them straight, right? And and um, that that is so true and you bring up i can think of uh, times in my childhood where i was the different kid in the family all my cousins liked forestry and working on tractors and me i at the time wanted to be a forensic profiler for the rcp and write storybooks right i was a very different kid and from the experiences i had as a kid of being that odd one in the family has helped me a lot with my kids, and, and you've really hit on something good, David, because my oldest, Andrew, is a very artistic. He wants to write books. Right. He wants to explore. Yeah. Where David is a very numbers-orientated kid, and he's like, he wants to build and 
logical. And then Grace, well, Grace is just Grace. Currently, she's five, and she's she she's, she me. has her own personality. She's very right. I, I find uh, gentle, imaginative. Um, she is, and, and it's important to understand that. And, and as yeah. Thea gets older too, you'll see right, and, and it's important too for a dad for us to listen to our kids yep. and not try to make them grow up and be what we want them to be, but guide them yep. in making the right decisions. And yeah. Uh, I like the next verse that says, Happy is the man who has a, has filled his quiver with them. Yeah. Such men will never be put to sh shame when they speak with their enemies at the city gate. Um, I mean, a uh, quiver, how, how, how much is a quiver? And, and w you know, what does it mean to fill your quiver? Does that mean you have to have um, two, three, four, five children? Or is your quiver one arrow? Like, uh, I currently, right now, we have one uh one child we, we we hope that we will have more in the future but maybe the quiver is her right so it could be and you got three right and i mean first three in psalms 127 children are a reward so that they are a gift from god they are and that's something that needs to be said they are a gift from god they are not a curse they are not a burden they are not a hindrance they are a gift we need to embrace them as a gift. And I, I, I know, I'll speak for myself, there are times when raising my daughter is difficult. <laughs> Especially when she wants things done in her way, yeah. her time. Yeah. She's very independent. She's, well, she acts a lot like I do. <laughs> um, and so just to figure out just how to, I mean, these, these are not bad things like to be independent isn't always bad to be determined isn't always bad to be um to be somebody who who knows what they want it's not always bad right mm -hmm. so to but to to shape that in a, in a way that honors god yeah. and because god has wired her i mean psalm one three five i think it is talking about that god has knitted her together in her mother's womb like this is this is a gift this is precious and and we and we have been given this gift, and, and we are stewards of our children. Yeah. And it's it's sad when you're listening to you talk and think of the society around us today and the disregard they have on children and and, and newborn and, and one still in the wound. And it, it's heartbreaking because it these are rewards given to God, and we are to treat them accordingly. And instead, society has little value on them. And Can you imagine being given a gift and saying, well, you know what, I don't want it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, and it happens like, every day. It, it does. does, and I know, like, with with Amy and I, we we we've uh, it, it took us some time to have Thea, yeah. right? So, um, we actually named her Theodora because of it, it was a um, the female version of uh, Theodore, which means gift of God. She's a gift, and it's a reminder that she is a gift, and, and it's someone that we've been praying for, and so when those times are a little difficult, she's a gift, right? We have her, and how much love and just brightness she brings into our lives is just so incredible. Having her giggle. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Um, but the next thing is got the role of dads, which we've kind of touched on already, to our sons and our daughters. And I, I've got four things here listed that we should be, that is part of our role as good dads. 
And I put love them because that is perhaps the most important one of them all. And you see that in Psalm 103 and verse 13 where it says, As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. And we don't need to tell each other. We both know how much the Lord Yahweh loves us. Yeah. Enough to go to the cross. Right? And we are to have as a father has compassion on his children. So you, you see it. So the Lord has compassion on us. We are to love our children as Christ loves us. But, but here's the thing, too. Uh, you, you said we know how much God loves us. But we do, do we? we? No, not really. Do we? I mean, in a, in a, in a way, like, yes, theoretically, we, we understand. We understand the love that Christ had for us and that he came and he, he died for us. But then if we know that, then, then why don't we show that same love? to our children like yeah. i was his enemy i was god's enemy i was provoking him every step of the way and not that i'm saying saying a little uh bad you know uh rebellious uh, crazy life and but i mean I, everything that I, I did wasn't for him so, even now as christians not everything we do is for him and he loves us oh it just it's so, so it's like, like if we understand that we, we can just somehow get it and I mean, it's in our minds, and it is partly, I would say, in our hearts, too. Like we, we, but if, we can, if, that, if our heart can fill up more and more. Um, we, yeah. And I, yeah, I know. Thank you for correcting me, David. It's, it's a, we understand it on a very elementary level, because just think of the past week and the thoughts that you've had and the things we've done. We've all did and thought things we shouldn't have. And the fact that he, he knew that we would do things we haven't even done yet that would be opposing his will. Right. And he still died and chose us. It just I, I don't understand why. Like, But I'm thankful he does. And that love that he has for us, we are to show our kids. Yeah. And in the next verse, it's interesting because I do this. I already mentioned mm. it. In Ephesians 6, where it says, Honor your father and mother in verse 2. And then there's verse 4 that says, Fathers, don't stir up anger in your children, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So the first part of that verse, Fathers, don't stir up anger in your children. Let me ask you a question. What does that mean? What does it mean? How, what does that look like to stir up anger in your children? The way I always took it, and I haven't, I've kind of read this and, and took it at a knee-jerk value of... Uh, don't agitate my kids in such a way that it angers them or provokes them in anger that is not designed to make them a better person. Mm. So pick on them, raise my voice at them, irritate them in a way that is not biblical, Right. Um, which that can look a hundred different ways, and I've done it. Right? And I, I would add also uh, being consistent, right? Yeah. So, I mean, in our family, we have three rules. Uh, first rule is um, love your neighbor um, obey your parents love your neighbor and uh, be thankful just three simple rules and uh, but we try to be consistent with that um, and so when um, when like for instance when Thea does act out and you know every child does we, we, we say, are you loving your neighbor? Um, you know, that's, you know, rule number two. Or, you know, you need to obey your mom and your dad. And I mean, that's Colossians 3.20, right? Children, obey your parents and everything. For this pleases the Lord. Um, 
so but being consistent is I thought and not always changing right and of course I mean we've been parents for two years and we're growing and we're, we're trying to learn but that consistency um, when things were inconsistent as I was growing up it's like well you but you said this yeah, yeah. at this point and now you're saying something different and I'm being agitated right like I, I what do you want from me so and you see that, like Colossians, you just read verse 20 and verse 21. Again, like fathers, do not exasperate your children. Yeah. So in verse 20, where they're told to obey us, verse 21, we're told not to exasperate them. And which you're probably nailing it right on the head, what he's saying here. It's like, be consistent in your discipline. Yeah. Um, or they will become discouraged. Right, right. So the second rule of dads is to be examples to them. So in Proverbs 14, verse 26, it says, In the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence, and his children have a refuge. You, you see this over and over again in Scripture and here that the, the fear of the Lord and, and the obeying him and following his commandments, the, the results of doing such a thing not only is obviously going to benefit us and grow us spiritually, but it's going to have an effect on how our children live as well. Right. And, and that, we, we see this we see this throughout scripture yeah right we, we, we see it in positive ways we see it in in negative ways and I think oftentimes we're, it's easier to pick out the negative than it is to pick out the positive oh, yeah. and um, I, we, we were chatting about this earlier today and um, there were I just jotted down a, a few examples of, um, of fathers who who may have given uh, a character that was, um, ungodly and and their their sons uh, picking it up so uh, one of them was Aaron um, I imagine Aaron had sons when he built the golden calf so his sons would have seen this taking place yeah. um, so outright he defies God uh, by by building this and then what 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 you see later on is his sons offering strange fire as priests so it's like did this character transfer over and i think it kind of did um another one that you see is in the book of genesis is isaac isaac was somebody who played favorites he had a favorite son and his favorite son was esau and his mom had the, i mean his wife had a favorite son and that was jacob so um then what you see later is actually Jacob also kind of mimicking his father and playing favorites with his children and uh, and also with his wives too, right? But his, his favorite son was Joseph. So again, two fathers leading by example and they actually given a bad example and their sons following after that. Um, so I, again, you can you can pick out uh, more and may, maybe guys if you want to go go through scripture and kind of look at at you know people like David and 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 men who had children and just kind of maybe try to connect some dots like how was he living his life and what example was he showing and well, what happened to his children right so but I don't think we need to always focus on the negative and the positive is in the Proverbs chapter 20 verse 7 it says the one who lives with integrity is righteous. His children who come after him will be happy. Now, this is what I want to really camp on is if we are living a life of integrity, it's saying, 
So following after God, living according to the convictions of Scripture, it says his children will come after him that will be happy. Or another version says blessed. Yeah. And like every first often we read this quickly and, and don't take it serious enough, but there's truth being said here. Um, and as fathers, well, I'll speak about myself anyhow. We, this should be taken serious on a daily basis. And it's like <clears throat> today thinking, looking at my kids and they've all reached an age of where they, they, they understand the gospel. And I don't ask them enough. Are you saved? Have you, what, what is your standing with Christ? And it burdened me a lot today sitting in the church service actually and watching what was going on and stuff. And it's like, I'll ask them every once in a while, but I think like we can't properly live in integrity if we're not telling the gospel to them as much mm. as we possibly can in, in a loving and caring way. Yeah. Um, which would be living it too. Exactly. And um, so really what, where it starts is is us as fathers. Yeah. We we need to be well, we need to be in God's word. We need to be reading God's word. We need to be applying God's word. We need to be living it out, walking it out in front of our children. And I mean my my again, my child is, is two years old, but it's very it's very um I, I can't use the word surprising because but it's how much she soaks in. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um we do. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's conviction for me is what is she looking at? What is she seeing? What 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 example am I demonstrating? Because this 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 scriptural truth of our example uh, carrying over to our children it, it's it's seen throughout the scripture. Another one that that I was looking at was Psalm thirty seven verse twenty six. It says, "He is ever lending gen generously, and his children become a blessing." So. Here is a man, a father, who is generously giving, maybe financially, time, like what your dad was, right? Somebody who just went out of his way to care for others. And it says, and his children become a blessing. They become a blessing to others. Because why? They saw dad be a blessing to others. Yeah. Which is important, especially in today's society where it's me, 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 me. Which mm -hmm. is not the scriptural basis at all. Right. Yeah. And one more, I'm gonna. I know I'm, we're kind of resting on on this one, but this this for me is such an important important yeah. one, because we can teach our children rightly. We can we can, I mean, this is partly what it means to love. It, it's it, uh, but Psalm one twelve verses one and two it says, "Praise the Lord, blessed is a man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in His commandments. His offspring will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be." blessed so okay where's it starting it's starting with the dad starting with a dad who's fearing god obeying god walking in holiness walking that separate life in obedience to 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 god uh he greatly delights in god's law and his, his instructions he wants to do what god has commanded him to do and then what well his offspring will be mighty in the land and not, this is not a blank statement like they're gonna be like um crazy popular people who are very influential but i mean mighty and and, and living a life that's that's set apart and, and 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 um and upright it says the generation of the upright will be blessed so his offspring will will i mean so him as a dad uh living a life and and 
the fear of the Lord, his children looking at that following suit, and then their children looking at all the way, all the way across, right? And it's, yeah, yeah. it's important. You can think of family lines, I can think of some of my family lines where they were great men, and then they've somehow, that line has died, and the holiness that was once portrayed mm. is now gone. Yeah. Um, I pray that with God's assistance, <laughs> that does not happen. Yeah, and I mean, we both of us have to work through things, right? Yeah. Because, like, my dad wasn't perfect. No dad is. Yeah. Um, there are things that my dad has showed through example that I have to unlearn um, so that I can actually be more loving and caring to my wife. Oh, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so here, okay, so those are two big things. The role of dads, love them, be examples to them. Here's the third one. Discipline them. Yeah, and then you've got here, which is important, and human nature. We, I know a lot of people, and me too sometimes, that, that, that I don't think get this right. Because you've got Proverbs 13 that everybody likes to run to that says, mm. the one who will not use the ride, this is the Holman Christian Standard Version, uh, the one who will not use the ride hates his son, but the one who loves him disciplines him diligently. Right. But I feel like we can't say anything with it we read until we read Proverbs 19, too, as well, that says, in 19 and 18, that says, Discipline your son while there is hope. Don't be intent on killing him. Which is very blunt. <laughs> but the, the basically what it's saying here is, <laughs> well, don't kill him. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's, that's, that's number one. one. Yeah. Do you not kill your children? But you, you see that there's a, there's a level of, well, I mean, if you're living for God and you're in Christ, then yeah. there is that discipline that needs to be there. There's correction that needs to be had when they do wrong. Yeah. But it needs to be done in such a way that you're not harming them. You're not. You're, you're... But, but I, I, I think I think it's more than physical. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Like you can kill them in, in the way of killing who they are. Right. Like breaking their spirit. Well, and you see that in Colossians 3 and 21 where it says, so they won't become discouraged. Yeah. And I think you can apply that here too. It's, yeah. So, and I mean, we, we automatically go to, well, you know, uh, use the rod. But I, the, the rod here is that of correction. Yeah. And, and you, you go back to the arrows, right? Yeah. Every son and daughter is different. Yeah. They're going to respond differently. One form of correction is going to work um, on one person and me not working on, on another person okay. right and um, so understanding who your children are uh, and not just trying to use a one size fits all mentality which is true and one thing that was applied to me a little bit as a kid but not as much and I try my best to do it with my kids is that when they do something wrong and I did this when my oldest was quite young he's 12 now yeah 12 when he was young, like really young, younger than my little girl who's five, well, I would take him aside and I would have a chat with him. Because I understood, and Andrew, he still is that way. He's a very intelligent, thought, thoughtful kid. So all you need to do with that kid, and, and all of them really so far, is have a sit-down chat with him and explain, like, Andrew, you did this. That's bad. Here's why. And if you connect the dots for those little brains that are smarter than you think, 
they go away understanding it. And like uh, there was a time, and I may have mentioned this in another episode, it seems like, that I was quite upset at the kids. And they didn't understand it. And it was late one night. And I went to work the next day and it bothered me. And I sent them a message explaining it. And I get home that night and, and my oldest thanks me for it. There needs to be more of that. If we're told to teach our children and explain things to them, then it needs to be done in a way, in a loving way, and even in discipline, we should be sitting down and having discussions with them. Right. And I think we need to also understand that we're, we're doing this um, in love. Yeah. It's actually a loving thing. In in Hebrews chapter 7, uh, a father's discipline is connected to God, disciplining us as, as his children. And yeah. it says, it is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, and then and before this it says, My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be wary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves. And chastens uh, every son whom he receives so it's not done in an attitude of um anger it's done in love it's and it's, it's done rest in in restoration yeah. reconciliation uh trying to um correct and guide because we, we know that if, if this isn't corrected they're going a, a path that is harmful and we want them to to go on a path that is a that of a blessing right that what god has has put down one one thing here that kind of jumped out too is in Proverbs nineteen verse eighteen it says discipline your son while there is hope. Um, this there seems to be indicate indication here that there's a time when there wouldn't be any hope. So in, in my es- estimation, I kind of see this as you know there are formative years in a child's life where where we need to be very active in in in, in disciplining and, and shaping and and them because at, at some point there's going to be no hope um because maybe they won't listen to dad yeah they won't listen like maybe there's going to be a point when thea won't listen to me so probably <laughs> <laughs> me too <laughs> but uh and then finally we've got and, and it's funny because as we talk we it's quite easy to see that these four are all one really you can't separate them but the last one i got is to teach them and proverbs 4 and 1 says listen my sons to a father's discipline and pay attention to that you may gain understanding Mm -hmm. and you see the word discipline here again and and it feeds right into what you just said that it should be done in love and it should be done in a way where they come out the other side of the discipline understanding and knowing and having a grasp on okay this is what happened and this because at the end of the day we want them to become christians and grow in fear and sanctification Um, and you see that like that the father's discipline ephesians the last part of ephesians 6 and 4 bring them up in the training and instruction of the lord yeah and no, no no like that training is an ongoing thing yeah um and anybody who wants to run well needs to be trained. They need to be disciplined. I mean, you, you think of an athlete. 
we would say an athlete is disciplined to run. And what does that involve? It, it involves a little bit of sacrifice. It involves training. It involves instruction. It involves consistency. It involves many things. Um, and what what are we what are we instructing them in? Well, we're instructing them ultimately in the instruction of the Lord. So in the Bible. Um, and we want them to, to understand because we know that what God has decreed, what, what God has laid out in his word is good. It's good for us. Um, oh, another thing I want to want to point out here is uh, the, the primacy is God's word to teach him. But as fathers, we need to also teach him other things as well, right? Uh, you shared with me a uh, short um, video clip and uh, teaching our children life skills. And uh, that's one thing I wish I, I was taught was more life skills. Yeah. Um, I kind of wish I knew how to change tires um, or change the oil or that, that kind of stuff. And I, th I think that's true of uh, teaching your boys and even your daughters. Um, oh, yeah. Just these life skills that we, we should, I would say, we should get to know as, as guys. Yeah, I wish I had to listen more to my dad because I can remember times where he tried when I was young and I just ignored him. And a lot of stuff I had to learn myself as I got older because I was disobedient as a kid, basically, and wouldn't take his instructions. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's interesting because as we, as we come to the close of this, I just, anyone out there that is a dad, or is going to be a dad, or wants to be a dad someday, like, if you're a Christian, know your worth in Christ, mm, and that yes. your role is extremely important in the family unit. Not only as support and instructions to your wife, which is just as important, but to your kids. Even taking scripture out of it for a second, and looking at the stats that we told earlier, like, uh, be, be the good father that if you didn't have that in your life, then be that dad that right. your kids need. And, I mean, this is for myself, too. Like, um, we, we all need to be better. Um, but we all need to realize the importance of our role, even if society tries to downplay it. Yep. In Christ, it is extremely important. And to add, add to that, we, we need to take our cue not from culture. Right. We need to take our, our cue from, from, from God, from His Word, uh, looking at our great Heavenly Father. How did our Heavenly Father treat us? Well, He loves us. He is holy as we should be holy. I mean, so as an example, uh, He disciplines us, He teaches us. The, these things that we chatted about, they are what God does in our own lives. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So focus on Christ, focus on God. That's what you want to learn. You want to, want to be a good dad, look to them. Um, don't look to culture because you, you you flip on the TV and what what does a husband or a father look like on 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 television? It's not good. It's not, and, and the more and we could go on a whole other episode of this alone that there seems to be a deliberate attack on the Christian values um, in every aspect. We could talk about women as well and what they're doing currently in society to the identity right. of women, but fathers know your importance yeah and if you're listening to this and you're not a christian 
take care of that first. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That is most important. And this quote that we always say, do you remember how it goes? Yes, I do. Life is short. Death is short. Send the cause. Christ the cure. So I should say this, and I meant to say it before we said the quote, the next six to seven minutes will be the clip that I wanted to play. It's called What Every Son Needs from His Father. David, you mentioned it there a few minutes ago about learning life skills. The guy did such a good job on this that I just want to end the episode with playing this. You're welcome to continue to listen, or if not, we'll chat to you next week. What is it that every son wants and needs from his father? It's important to understand the answer to this question because it not only helps us fully understand our own father wound reality, but it also helps guard us from inflicting this wound on our sons. So here's the answer. There are five things that are essential for a healthy father and son relationship. Here's the first one. Time together. Just time together. Experiences that build lifelong positive memories. Time together puts weight into a son's soul that steadies him for life. I mean, it, it's stuff like just taking a walk together, climbing a mountain together, working on a project together, or taking a special trip together. Just me and dad. That's what your son is thinking. Just me and dad. And you know what else he's thinking? He's thinking, dad didn't just love me. He really liked me. I mean, he's supposed to love me, but he enjoys being with me. Kids will grow up in your presence when, when they know you truly enjoy them. That's what time together does. Secondly, a son needs life skills. Life skills. Training must go beyond what he learns from books. Uh, we must equip our son with practical life skills that will help him succeed so he won't be uh, standing around uh, when the hood's up on the car, looking at the motor, wondering what it is. Uh, he'll know where the oil stick is, and he'll know what to do with it. He'll know how to check his tires. He'll know how to tie his tie. He'll know how to write a thank you note. He'll know proper dinner etiquette. Well, I guess that means that we as dads will have to know proper dinner etiquette too. But you don't want your son to be fumbling around when he's 18 or even in his 20s having to ask some other guy how to act because that breeds insecurity. He'll know how to manage his bank account. He'll know how to save money and spend less than he makes. He'll know how to uh, set his own alarm and, and, and get, get up by himself. He'll know how to keep his room clean. He'll know how to act on a date with a woman. He'll know how to share his heart. He won't feel like a fool in life because you have trained him up in the way he should go. Every son needs practical life skills like that from his dad. Here's a third thing. Every son needs direction from his dad with solid answers to the why questions of life. You see, uh, more than just life skills, he needs a philosophy from dad for what life is all about. And so you need to be talking to your son about what's really important, the higher things, the noble things. Having spiritual conversations in your family should be normal. Uh, your son needs to be comfortable talking to you about 
deep things, not, not just hunting, sports, and cars. I mean, those discussions are great, but by themselves, they won't give a son direction in life. Here's a fourth essential. A son needs to establish deep life convictions, and much of this comes from his, his dad's modeling. Write this down. This is an important statement. You will leave in your son what you have lived out in your home. You see, it's not just what you say, it's what you do. And it's the way you react to situations. It's, it's the way he sees you make choices. When a son sees his dad model godly behavior, that is what builds conviction and a certain security about life. Now, finally, and most of all, what every son needs is his dad's heart. He needs his dad's heart. Every son needs to be loved by dad. Every son needs to be affirmed by dad. And every son needs his father's blessing. That's how a father gives his heart to his son. There really needs to be some marked moments where a father can cast a vision for his son, where he can affirm his strengths and gifts and, and commit to help him step into that future vision. There's nothing that gives more weight and value to a son than to have his dad put his arm around him at strategic moments and look at him and say, Son, I love you. And I am so proud of you. Every son loves to hear his dad say, you're good at something. You know, God our Father exhibited the importance of a son hearing these three things. When he spoke from heaven in Matthew 17, 5, he said, this is my son whom I love, and with him I am well pleased. And then he said, listen to him. You know, this is God saying, I, I love you, my son. I'm proud of you. And I'm affirming your teaching skills. You really do have a lot of good things to say. There's nothing more powerful in a son's life than dad's heart. Now, men, those are the essentials. If a son doesn't get time with his dad or some life skills or some direction, some convictions or some heart, then it leaves this huge vacuum and void in his life. 